man, I miss being at church. Like, like I was at church last weekend, I, but there's no place like this one. There is no place like this one. So it's great to be home. Uh, so exciting to be here. For the guests that are here, thank you for being here with us today. I'm Pastor Andrew, one of the pastors here, and we are delighted that you're here. Amen. I, gotta, I just want to say you know, one thing here before I get rolling, and that is that anything, and you can, if, you're, if you take notes or you want to get a tattoo of this, it's true. You can keep this one. Anything that God establishes as a principle that is meant to bless your life, Satan always has a cheap, perverted version of it. Anything that you that God establishes a principle, you can you can take this to the bank. If it's a biblical principle like this, this thing we're talking about, the first, bringing God the first, that's a principle. Anything that is a principle that God established, there is a cheap, perverted version of it that causes people to not believe the truth. So the reason why I'm telling you that is because we're going to dig into some stuff today that that you have got to be able to see clearly what is true and what is a lie. And the enemy would love you to believe a lie because if he can have you convinced of something that's not true, he can control you. But once you know the truth, the Bible says, He who the Son has set free is free indeed. So once you know the truth, then you're free. So welcome again to Wrecked, Finding God in Your Storm. And this is the second week, Pastor Scott uh, spoke last week. And just so you all know, I didn't miss it. I listened to it online, and it was a fantastic message about loneliness. And anyone of you or, or I or anyone who has struggled with loneliness knows that that's a dark place to be, and it is definitely a storm in your life. But God is in that storm. And when you build a relationship with Jesus Christ, you never have to be truly lonely again, do you? Never again. So today, we're going we're gonna to dig a little deeper. We're going to talk about fear and before we go any further, this is kind of like the theme. You know, I don't know. This seems, like the, this seems like the Life Center's scripture because we say it all the time. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. He is truly the Prince of Peace. And so today we're going to talk about another storm. We're going to talk about the storm of fear in our lives. And Everybody in this room has felt fear at some point in their life. I mean, you maybe fear of going to the dentist or maybe fear of seeing your wife or, or <laughs> you could have many, many different fears. But we've all felt fear at different points. And um, uh, when those moments happen, it's something that you do not want to live with. So what is fear exactly? Fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc. Whether the threat is real or imagined. And this is the thing, right? You have to focus on that. Whether You can be afraid of something that's only in your imagination, right? Uh, you can be afraid of things that you conjure up in your head. You know, you get yourself all worked up and you get into a frenzy and you're scared to death and there you have nothing to be afraid of. You could what if your life to death. There's always, you know, you could walk outside and a plane flying over could drop a motor and it could land on your head. I mean, there's fear could be completely unfounded. So just for fun, I did this. You guys have all heard... Uh, these, these, there's phobias for everything. There's fears for everything. And so just for fun, I Googled phobias, and I got a list, page and page and page of, of phobias that are, have been, I guess, scientifically 
proven that people have real fears of these. So there's a couple of these that I thought I would just share with you. Uh, anthrophobia is the fear of flowers. So I don't know if you got one of those, but, you know, someone pulls out a daisy and you run for the hills, whatever that looks like. And then I have this one. It's arithmophobia. It's fear of numbers. <laughs> Maybe you're just, you can't do math and you got arithmophobia. That's what I've got, right? Or how about, how about bibliophobia? It's not a fear of the Bible. It's fear of books. Fear, who, why are you afraid of books? But fear of books. And this one, this is a real problem. I don't really know how to unpack this one, but it's called cacophobia, and it's the fear of ugliness. My wife might have this. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then there's genuophobia. And if you've ever seen me in a pair of shorts, you would have this phobia. It's fear of knees. <laughs> genuophobia, fear of knees. And then there's octophobia. No, it's not fear of octopus. It's the fear of figure eight. Like, how do they figure out that someone has a fear of figure eight? Like, they're watching you know, professional skating and they're just enjoying themselves and all of a sudden they start in this figure eight and the person freaks out, just loses it. I don't know how they figured that one out. And then there's this one. This one tops them all. It's the phobophobia. It's the fear of phobias. I mean, it's just the afraid of being afraid. I mean, <laughs> so there's just, there's all these things that, that it's kind of funny, but fear is really, it can be real or it can be perceived. And as we kind of dig into this today, uh, it really isn't funny at all because there are many people that are completely shackled by fear. And you may not identify it as fear, and that's what I hope to help you understand today, that fear is a debilitating force that can keep you from living your blessed life. It can keep you from being what God has created you to be. In fact, anything that inhibits or paralyzes or prevents you from being all that God created you to be or from living the blessed life that God has for you is a fear that needs to be eradicated from your life. I mean, just, I'm the Orkin man and fear is a bug. We're going to dig under every surface until we find the bugs and we're going to take them out. You do not need to have anything in your life that paralyzes you from being all that God wants you to be. You do not need to have any fear or anxiety in your life that prevents you from living the kind of life that God has for you to live. You are meant to be an overcomer. You are meant to have a blessed life. You are meant to be a light on a hill. You are meant to be salt to the earth. And if you're wrapped in fear and you're living dragging the bottom, you're not salt in anybody's world, are you? You're not shining light in any darkness, are you? You're just trying to make it. God doesn't make people and have children that are just trying to make it. Amen. A couple people believe that. So what are these fears? Well, there's, there's a very common one, and it's called the fear of failure. Fear of failure. Well, how does that impact my life? What does that have to do with anything? Well, things like I can't use my gifts and talents to serve others because what happens if I fail? Or I can't lead a small group because, you know, what happens if nobody shows up and nobody likes it? What if I fail? I can't, I can't support uh, or be part of this relationship because what if I fail? I can't, I can't let God actually shine through me with the, the talents and the gifts that he's blessed me with if I'm afraid of failing. And fear of failure pe prevents people from taking the first step to, step to success. Fear of failure is what keeps people from being great people. Fear of failure is what keeps you from being the kind of person that God created you to be. Just afraid that you might fail. The beauty in God is he wants you to take a step into the unknown because he wants to be the one to be there to catch you. You can't be afraid of failure or fear of the past. We all have one as much as we wish we didn't. We all have a past. I can never live a truly best life because you don't know everything I've done. Have you ever said that to yourself? Have you ever thought that? 
God surely can't really mean this about me. He, he really doesn't mean that I am blessed, that I have favor, that I am meant to be the head and not the tail. Clearly, he was not around when I was sowing my seeds, my, my wild oats. God surely missed this one if he's looking at me to do something good for people because he must have missed all those nights when, uh, yeah, we won't go there. Fear of your past. I can't have a healthy marriage. My past proves that. Three divorces later. The beauty of God is your past can be washed away. And what matters to God is this moment right now and your tomorrow. The past will always be around. But you can choose to live in it or you can choose to turn your back on it. Paul said it this way, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press towards the mark that's set before me. In other words, if God sees something of value in this person, then I'm going to forget all the screw-ups that I was back there, and I'm going to head towards the thing that he sees value in. And if I pursue that, I'm going to live a blessed life. I'm going to live in God's favor. Here's another one, fear of rejection. I can't really have a real relationship with God. I'll mess that up, and he'll reject me just like everybody else does. You may not think it that concise and that clearly, but you would be surprised at the number of people that cannot have a relationship with Christ because they fear rejection, because they've never experienced true fatherly love. They've never experienced what it looks like to come just as you are and find a Savior that will wrap his arms around you regardless of your history. Most of us can't wrap our minds around the fact that in spite of my stupidity, he still loves me. In spite of my failures and my inability to do the right thing and my consistent uh, percentage, high percentage of making fail, failed decisions and, and doing the wrong thing, and if there's two choices, I'm always going to pick the wrong one, forgetting all those things. He doesn't care. He's never going to reject you. But fear of rejection is very real. I can't open up to others and share my story. What if they, what if they really get to see who I am? They're not going to accept me. We had some very brave people at the beginning of this year set up on couches. You remember our story series? When they set up here and they shared their story and they talked about these things that we don't just talk about all the time because they understand that he never rejects. He has open arms. So fear is something that prevents you from stepping into the plan that God has for you. Fear of pain. I can't love like Christ says to love because I will just end up getting hurt. It's better for me to keep my walls up. Oh, no, nah, y'all just, just sit there, act like, well, I don't know who he's talking to. <laughs> he surely ain't talking to me. <laughs> we all do this, right? We get hurt. Our heart is hurt. Our emotions are hurt. And what do we do? We put up walls. You know, get me once, shame on you. Get me twice, shame on me. <laughs> How that saying goes or something like that, right? In other words, Put up something to protect yourself. But what God says is, I don't want you loving like that. I don't want you loving with barriers. I don't want you trying to pretend to love people. He's like, I want your heart wide open. I want you completely exposed. And I want you to love like I love. And his love ended up looking like this, hanging on a cross, right? Whoever wants to come, I'm not going to reject anybody, arms wide open. When we love like Christ loves, we can't have fear of pain in our life, can we? Can you see how the fear of pain will prevent you from loving somebody that needs Christ's love in their life? He called us to love the unlovable. 
He called us to love everyone. He called us to love people, just people. Good people, bad people, fine people, ugly people, handsome people, beautiful people. It doesn't matter. Fat people, skinny people, people with no hair. It's a question about people with hair. <laughs> God calls us to love. And fear of pain prevents you from stepping into that kind of life. And let me tell you something. When you get to really experience the freedom of the love of Christ, when you get to really experience the fact that we have a heavenly father that will never reject us, when you get to experience the fact that he doesn't care about your failures, he just wants you to trust him and take a step, when you get to live beyond those fears, you get to experience God on a completely different level. You get to see things happen in your life that you can't even imagine because he's the one that makes those things happen. Amen. There definitely is a better way. Where is God in this storm in my life that looks like fear? Perhaps it's been your way of life for so long that you can't imagine we're living without it. Perhaps it's become such a part of who you are that fear is just something that you don't live without. You know it's there and you just live with it. Perhaps those walls and those barriers, those things you put up to protect yourself and guard your heart have been there so long that you just live with it. I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live with all these uh, uh, walls and barriers built up to keep people from getting in close. No, Jesus wants to get in close. He wants to get inside your heart, in where you live, where your emotions are raw, where they're real. And then when he begins to heal you, you get to open up and get people in there too. Nobody likes to hug somebody that doesn't hug back, right? Nobody likes that. It's very, very, very seldom happens, but sometimes my wife and I argue. <laughs> There's a joke in there, folks. And she'll get mad at me and I'll, I'll, I'll go give her a hug and she'll... Staying like this. And the only reason why she's doing that is because I should have given her a hug about 15 minutes prior to that, but I'm being stubborn. So I'm being stubborn, and, and then I go to give her a hug, and it's like this. And it's like, you know, why am I hugging you? You're not hugging back. I'm getting some nods out there. Some men said, that's right. <laughs> Nobody likes to hug somebody, doesn't, but you hug somebody that hugs back. You know what Jesus called us to do? He called us to hug people don't hug back. That's the gospel, simple. He called us to hug people that don't hug back. He called us to love people that don't love back because they've not been able to experience what love is. You ever eat food that doesn't have any salt on it? Ugh, bland. You ever go in a dark room, try to navigate furniture in a, in a room you're not used to being in? Your toes are in danger. Serious danger. It's hard to do. That's why the Bible says he called us to be salt. If you live a life without love, you're living a bland life, man. You're living a life with no color. You're living a life in darkness. But he called us to be salt and light. The only way we can be salt is if we have some flavor. And the only way we can have some flavor is if we've opened our heart and let Christ in. And we, in turn, are loving like Christ. Come on, we got to hug those that don't hug back. Because once they get to experience that, that, that relate. You guys ever see the movie Jack Frost? It's an old, I think it's an old, you guys ever seen the movie? I think it's called Jack Frost. Is, it, is that the name of the movie? Anyway, there's a scene where somebody's completely frozen because Jack Frost frozen. And then some little kid comes up and starts to, I think they're hugging Jack Frost. I can't remember. But they're hugging, he's all frozen, and they're hugging him. And as they're hugging this cold iceberg of a person, they start to melt. And it starts to melt in the heart first. And then the, the, they get warmer and warmer, and the ice falls. Like, Come on, that's what we're called to be. 
You can't experience love if you don't give love. You can't experience forgiveness if you don't give forgiveness. You can't experience Christ if you don't live Christ. What prevents us from living that life? It's fear. Where is God when I'm afraid to love? Where is God when I'm afraid of rejection? Where is God when I'm afraid of failure? Where is God in that storm? I'm here to tell you today there is an answer for us. We do not have to live that way. Look at your neighbor and say you don't have to live like that. Where is God in this storm and overcoming fear? 2 Timothy first, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You can take that to the bank. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What does that look like? In that little verse are the ingredients to dealing with any kind of fear you have in your life. Any kind of fear you have in your life. Maybe it's fear of flowers. Maybe it's fear of knees. But whatever fear you have in your life, there's, the, there's three pieces to that scripture that will break you out of chain of any kind of fear in your life. First is the spirit of power. Acts 1 and 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We talk about the Holy Spirit around here because we know without the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. But we know with the Holy Spirit, we have power to do all kinds of things. So if you think, well, I'm never going to be able to love like Christ loved. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. I'll never be able to step out and boldness. Oh, yes, you can. Because the Holy Spirit can do things in your life that you'll be like, did I just do that? Yeah. No, you didn't. Holy Spirit working in you just did that. We are vessels. We're just, we're just pots and pans right? filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's just pouring it out. You can love like Christ loved because you've been empowered by his spirit to do it. You can, you can forgive. when you. How can I ever forgive somebody for doing that? You can do it because the Holy Spirit gives you power to do it. The Holy Spirit empowers us to conquer our fears. Look at your name and say, that's true. That's true. All right. You guys all believe it now. You said it. The second thing is a spirit of love. I'm going to read you a, a, about eight verses here. And this, this, you need to just go home and get your Bible and just highlight this in bright yellow. This is incredible. 1 John chapter 4. This is, this is love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete. And this is awesome. None of us have seen God, but if we love each other the right way, people are going to see God. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, Holy Spirit, right? And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is so cool. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence. Wouldn't you say that confidence is kind of the opposite of fear? I am confident that even if I fail, he's still going to make it work. I am 
confident that my past really doesn't matter anyway. I am confident that he loves me in spite of myself. (laughs) I am confident. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. That is an incredible statement. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This is abs- mind-blowing. It's, it's a lot of words, but it's, it boils down to this. God is love. If God's in me, then I love. And if I love, then people that don't know God and never seen God are going to see him. And if I have love, then I don't have fear. And if I don't have fear, I can live my blessed life. That was a short sermon. But very easy to understand. I mean, I understood it. (laughs) Very easy to understand. God is love. And when we allow that to work in us, it drives out fear. Look at any kind of fear. Fear of rejection. Love's not there. Fear of pain. Love's not there. Fear of rejection, love's not there. Fear of the unknown, love's not. But when you have the Holy Spirit and you have the spirit of love in you, things change. Friend, you can live the life that God called you to live because you don't have to live in fear. You may think, you know, I have a past that defines me and imprisons me from the blessings that God has for me. But love says, I've set you free. You may reject me, but love accepts me. You may see me as a failure, but love sees me as a new creation with all kinds of possibilities and a future that he has created for me. And the third thing is a spirit of a sound mind. This one's pretty amazing too. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. You guys know what transformers are, right? It's a Camaro and then it's Bumblebee. That's pretty cool. It's back to a Camaro driving 95 miles an hour down the interstate and bumblebee. I did the sound effects for Transformers. That's what transformation is. It's when something that looks like something is transformed into something completely different. It's when the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. Transformation. It's when the rosebud becomes the rose. It's when you and I become who we are in Christ. That's when he takes... The Old Testament says... He'll give beauty for ashes, joy for mourning. That's transformation. How are we transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Because when the enemy tells us lies, he tells it to our mind. And we believe no one's going to love me. We believe they're going to reject me if they find out who I really am. We believe that there's no way Christ can forgive me because of all the stuff I've done. We believe those lies and we're imprisoned as a result. And we have fear instead of love. Does this make sense? It's pretty simple. What is a sound mind? I guess I should finish reading the scripture first. Hold on. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is living the blessed life. If you want to live your blessed, blessed life, if you want to have the favor of God, you've got to know what God's plan is, his will, his purpose. And you do that when you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. You start to understand what God sees in you and what he wants for you. What is a sound mind? This is beautiful. This is the definition of what a sound mind is. Free from injury, damage, or defect, or disease. In good condition, healthy, and robust. 
That is amazing. How do I beat fear? I beat fear by the power of the Holy Spirit because he's given me power. I beat fear by letting the love of God live in me. And I beat fear when I have a mind that is healthy, not diseased, not defective, not broken. When I start listening to what he says about me instead of what they say about me or I perceive they say about me. We talk about this a lot around here. Power of life and death is in the tongue. Our words can wreak havoc or our words can bring wholeness and healthiness and and healing and, and encouragement. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you speak over your children when they have you like zero to 60 in nanoseconds. Right, when they've found every button you have and they've pushed them all at the same time. Be careful what comes out of your mouth because those moments of a quick tongue can strike a blow that will cause that child to live with the fear of rejection for their whole life. Come on, y'all. This is real. This is real. Speak words of life because when you speak words of life, life will begin to happen around you. Anybody believe that? When you speak life, life will take place around you. Don't let fear be what comes out of your mouth. Let love and let hope and let truth and let justice and let the word of the spirit, let that be the thing that's coming out of your mouth. And let's see life begin to spring up around. There's plenty of death in the world. There's plenty of dry emptiness in the world. Let's fill it with the love of Jesus because that's what makes all the difference. Whatever your past may have been, God gives you the opportunity when you become a new creation in him to have a brand new mind. You don't have to listen to what the enemy says about you. Whoever the son has set free is free indeed. He may come to you and say, you know what? You've always been that person. You know, the guy that loses his temper and punches holes in things and kicks people and the dog gets abused and everything else. You're that person. You're an angry person. No, I'm not. I'm a forgiving person. I'm a patient person. I'm a long-suffering person. I'm a kind person because that's what he says about me. You just hate everybody. No, I don't hate people. I love people because he loved me first. And God is love. And if God lives here, hate doesn't come out. Love comes out. You've got to speak those things. You will always have broken relationships because you don't trust anybody. No, I trust and I forgive because he trusts and he forgives. And I'm going to be like my father. And my father says, goodness, patience, kindness, love, long-suffering, love, tenderness, mercy, grace. That's who I am. Believe the truth. A sound mind breaks fear. Ever been in one of those situations where, you know, uh, this, this, is, this happens to me sometimes. Like if my wife is on a trip or my kids are on a trip or something, and then I start thinking, what happens if they have a car wreck? And then, you know, then, then my mind just spirals. You ever have that happen? When the next thing you know, your phone's ringing and, and they're, they're, uh, they're in a hospital and they're barely hanging on and they're mangled and it's just awful. And, and within nanoseconds, you're just, you have this vivid movie that's just played in your mind of complete death and destruction. And you feel it, don't you? This fear that just kind of moves in. That's how fear works. That's how fear works. And you know what? As much as we try to pretend it's not true, and as much as we act like it's, it's, you know, we're immortal, we're not. <laughs> Our life could change in a moment. Our life could change in a moment. 
there's all kinds of evil in the world. And if I choose to allow those voices to speak into my mind, if sometimes you just need to turn the news off, it doesn't matter if you don't know what awful deed happened at Monday morning by the water cooler. Sometimes turn the news off. You don't need to hear about another rape victim. You don't need to hear about another child molestation case. You don't need to hear about another shooting. Sometimes we need to shut the noise off and get into God's word and say, who do you say I am? I don't want to live in a world filled with hatred. I want to be the one that's loving. I don't want to live in a world of darkness. I want to be the light. I don't want to live in a bland, loveless community. I want to be the one that's putting salt on it. That's who we are. We're called to be people that make a difference. And you can't do it if you're afraid. Where is God in this fear storm that you're living in? I'm telling you where he is. He's right there with you, just waiting for you to open up your heart and say, you know what, come on in, because I don't like living like this anymore. Now, you guys know, and the worship team, you guys come, you guys know we don't believe in perfect lives around here. There's no such thing. Bad things happen to good people. And bad things happen to bad people. Good things happen to bad people. And good things happen to good people. But there is a difference, a marked difference, in living in the favor and blessings of God than not. Will you get up one day and your car won't start? Probably. Will you have bad news? Will a loved one die? Yes. Will you get sick one day and the doctor say there's nothing more we can do? Maybe. So we can live with that fear. Or we can choose to say, you know what, God? I'm going to cast all that fear at your feet. I don't want to live enslaved for the few years I have on this earth. I wonder what would happen if we just pushed all that stuff aside. And we just loved like crazy people. And we just lived with a passion for Christ like crazy people. Just loving people, loving God, letting his light shine. What would happen in our world? What would happen to the people around? The interesting thing about that scripture, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The, the interesting part of that scripture is that verse is dropped into a conversation or a writing that Paul is having with a young man that he had been mentoring. Timothy is his name. And in the context of that scripture, Paul was telling Timothy, look, man, you've got some gifts that God's given you. You've got some talents that God's placed in you. There's some spiritual gifts that are in your life. But you're letting fear keep you from letting those things out. And I want you to know, don't be afraid. The NIV says, God has not given us the spirit of timidity. Right? If you want to, man, there's so many things that God's calling us to do. So many things God's prompting you through the week. You should go pray for this person. You should call John Doe. He needs to hear a word of encouragement from you. Ah, I don't know. He doesn't, I don't know him that well, and he might think I'm weird. And, and what if he, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Kick your heart open wide and love. When God's prompting, just do it. And let's see what he does, because I can assure you of this. He never leaves you hanging. He doesn't leave you hanging. Whatever fear you may be facing in your life today, today can be the last day you have to live that way.